When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to become known as a trusted authority while building a thriving business you love? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Here's your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Hey, it's Anne-Marie and welcome to another episode of the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. Now, are you a coach or a consultant and you feel like the world's best kept secret? Maybe your experience is vast. You have got a wealth and a depth of experience and knowledge, yet secretly you're frustrated because despite all of your hard work, despite all of your experience and things that you can offer your ideal client, you're just not getting the visibility, the recognition or the new clients that you'd hoped for, despite all of the things that you've been doing in your business. So you're thinking of launching a podcast because you've heard a podcast will help amplify your message. Now, a podcast can certainly help you amplify your message. I've been podcasting now for nearly 14 years and using audio two years even before that, so close to 16 years now. And I know the power of the voice, particularly in the podcasting platform. And yes, a podcast can help you amplify your message. But guess what? It's only going to amplify the message you're now sharing. And if your message isn't already working and you launch a podcast and continue to share that exact same message, guess what? You're only going to amplify a message that's not working to more people. Maybe you are a coach or a consultant who's already started a podcast, but if you're honest, it's just not generating the results that you'd hope for. In fact, you've put a lot of hard work, a lot of effort into getting your podcast out there and each and every show that you have produced and, and published and you're disappointed because you're just not generating the leads, you're not generating the visibility, you're not generating the clients from your podcast. Well, if you've said yes to either of those things, this episode, well, actually not just this episode, this series, and I'll share a little bit more about the series, is is specifically for you. But one of the things that I always say, and if you've been following me for a little while or you've been to some of my training, you would have heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again because it's so important. Launching a podcast is relatively simple. But launching a podcast that enables you to go from invisible to influential trusted authority, well, guess what? That is another matter altogether, which is why I want to share my special series with you. And it's called From Invisible to Influential Trusted Authority with a Podcast. 
Now, this four-part series that I'll be sharing with you, it was part of a nine-day challenge that I've recently run, but I got so much great feedback from people who attended the challenge that I knew I just had to share it with you. So when you hear me, from time to time, there's a couple of references to join me again tomorrow for tomorrow's workshop or tomorrow we're going to be talking about. So when I refer to tomorrow, it's not actually going to be tomorrow for you, but because it's part of this podcast series, it's going to come out next week and I tell you what it will be worth waiting for and if you're catching up and all of the four episodes have been published guess what you're in for a fantastic binge less binge listening session but here's what we're going to be covering in the next four episode today I'm going to be talking about how to go from invisible underpaid coach and consultant to highly paid sought after trusted authority with a podcast. Then in the next episode of the series, I'm going to talk about how to transform your expertise from a want into a need and from an overwhelming number of choices to becoming the only choice. Then in episode three of the series, we're going to be talking about how not to leave tens of thousands, and sometimes for some of you that's even more, tens of thousands of dollars on the table, but rather nurture and build long-term client relationships that lead to profitable and sustainable business growth. And then in the last episode of this four-part series, we're going to be talking about the power of momentum, how to attract and generate a steady flow of your ideal clients right to your door so that you never have to chase leads again while leveraging the power of podcasting. So without further ado, let's dive into episode one, how to go from invisible underpaid coach and consultant to highly paid sought after trusted authority with a podcast. Now you're in the right place if you're in the beginning of building your business, but you've got no idea how to position yourself and your message in the marketplace. And you are in a crowded marketplace if you have a think about all of the other coaches and maybe even consultants who are working in the same space as you. Maybe you're bringing years of corporate experience into your coaching or consulting practice, but you don't know the best way yet to showcase your diverse expertise into a concise and compelling message. And for those of you who do know me, you've heard me share before, and I know many of you can relate to this. You've got multifaceted um, interests. You love learning. Um, you enroll in a lot of courses in personal and professional development. And bringing all of that together in your diverse, rich toolkit that you can work with clients can get a little bit confusing. And some of the people may be saying to you, well, what are you doing today? And how are you helping people? And kind of putting that all into one great statement on how you can help people can get a bit confusing for you. Maybe you've been in business a while, you're just not generating the results or the visibility that you would like, or that you know that you should be getting you feel like the world's best kept secret. If that perfectly describes you, you've been thinking about launching a podcast to build your reach and your reputation as that trusted authority, as well as your revenue, generating leads from your podcast, nurturing them from your first episode, but you just don't know where to start. You are in the right place. Two common questions that I'm often asked about podcasting, and these are in the order that I'm often asked these. Where do I start? Anne-Marie, and what microphone should I get? And if that's what's led you here today, 
than something that I was asked by one of uh, the change makers right here inside our Podcasting with Purpose community. She asked me, are there any differences between podcasting and podcasting as a business owner, as a coach, as a consultant, a service-based expert who is bringing your knowledge to a podcast so that you can build a relationship with your audience, who I'm assuming is your ideal client, so that you can continue to build know, like, and trust. And eventually that, that listener, that audience member will join your community, start stalking you across all other platforms. And then when you have that call to action at the right time when they're ready that they will step forward and so I said a great question Michelle and the answer is yes 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 to leverage a podcast as a service-based business as an expert a trusted authority to build your reach with your ideal client your reputation as that influential trusted authority as well as revenue nurturing your listeners into leads inquiries and ultimately paying customers You know, when you think launching a podcast is pretty simple, isn't it? We've got a device, we've got lots of technology, far more technology at our fingertips now than when I first started back in 2008, that's for sure. But whilst it's relatively simple, if we compare launching a podcast to launching a business, starting a business is relatively simple these days too, isn't it? But building a business that's profitable, that attracts your ideal clients, that uh, enables you to sustain your energy, because many of us are working one-on-one with clients, aren't we? The way we generate income is to share knowledge, and we don't want to burn out. We don't want to undercharge all of those things as a coach. And so there's a difference between building a business that you're going to get paid what you're worth, you're going to attract the high level clients who value your worth, value your expertise, and value paying and investing in themselves through investing in your programs and packages. There's a difference. And just like building a business, a coaching practice, a consulting practice takes foundations, core business foundations, I call them. There's foundations for your podcast as well. And I'm going to be sharing those foundations in this nine-day challenge. And that's exactly what I just said. We'll be focusing on that. The robust strategy, along with the clarity around your message, your brand, your offerings, to ensure that you can build a profitable, scalable business. Otherwise, your podcast just becomes this incredible um, tool that you're using, but it's not generating any results. I've been in that situation and I certainly don't want you being in that situation either. You can monetize your podcast by generating leads and clients. Monetize your message before you monetize someone else's. That's what I'll often say because people often assume that to monetize, you need to get sponsors and advertisers, which is certainly one way, but it's not that best way if you're wanting to really benefit and generate some great results. So that's what we're going to talk about. Just briefly, my story, global financial crisis in 2008, uh, I was working in the career industry and a colleague and I were so disillusioned at the doom and gloom that mainstream media was portraying across every platform. We knew things were difficult. We knew things um, had certainly changed and there were people around the world. I had some contracts with a US job board and the people that I had speaking and coaching with and working with 
yeah, the, it was tough. It was tough, but we knew things were not hopeless. We knew people needed to change their approach to job search. It would take a little bit longer. There were so many different things that my colleague and I wanted to share with them to enable them to have hope and to start changing their approach to job search. So that's exactly what we did. Uh, we produced the show for two years, Career Success Radio. But one of the reasons we stopped production was because we struggled to monetize it. We assumed that we would create a message, we would get, get great guests on the show, we would share our own expertise throughout the, you know, each of the, the, the various episodes. And we assumed that people would hear us and then think, I want to work with Keith. I want to work with Anne-Marie. We had separate businesses too. There's a lot of learnings within that. We hired mentors, but we didn't have any success because back then the mentors that we hired had come from mainstream radio. And what I realise now, almost 13, 14 years actually are on, um, mainstream radio is very different to podcasting at the audience that we attract, the ability to build no like and trust far quicker, deeper level of engagement when you get the right things in place. So we ended the show after two years, great connections, uh, we'd built our influence and impact, but there was no income there. And that's what I hear a lot of people are struggling with as well. They've got impact, they've got influence, but the income, not so much. So fast forward a number of years later, I, uh, I have what I now call my worst business failure ever. I'm sure we all have those as entrepreneurs, don't we? In fact, we've probably got a number of different uh, situations and challenges and so forth that we could kind of uh, label a failure. One thing, just note to self, there's no such thing as failure. There's only feedback. It's something that I learned during one of my many trainings that I did, feedback that could really help you. But anyway, after that worst business failure ever, I thought to myself, I because that was a doozy. That was something that really shook me to the core. And I knew that I needed to take a step back and deal with it because it had the ability to change who I was. It had the ability to cause um, what I call, as we know, as coaches, if we don't deal with something, if we don't go through the forgiveness process, it can continue to be a thorn in your side that will stop you from really moving forward. And so I, I launched Women in Leadership podcast as a way to deal with my grief and loss. I thought, um, I can't create, I can't put two words together. I don't even really know what I'm going to be doing. I just need to take some time out. But I do know that I can ask great questions. And I'm going to surround myself with incredible women who have gone what I've gone through. And I'm just going to ask them questions. How did they get through that? What are they doing? All of that. So unbeknownst to them, I started that podcast as a way to deal with my grief and loss. And I accidentally generated two four-figure clients with three episodes on my website um, that I had for a podcast to, to deal with my grief and loss. And it wasn't until many years later that I thought, if I could recreate what needed to be possible for two women who knew absolutely nothing about me, but who Googled uh, branding and business coach, which was what I was doing at the time, come to my website, have a look around, listen to the three episodes and make a decision. We want to work with Anne-Marie and then ring me. And then at that time, I was able to give them the best package to suit their needs. What would be possible? So a book, a program later, um, influential 
you know, podcasting for coaches and consultants uh, was born. And that's what I'm sharing with you today. So everything that I learned along the way through trial and error, totaling tens of thousands of dollars I'm sharing today. So you do not need to make the same mistake. And today I now have a podcast network, Ambitious Entrepreneur Network, which houses three podcasts that I produce for that network, Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, which is my award-winning show, Women in Leadership Podcast, which I just explained to you about. That was the runner-up. So they were both um, head-to-head in the awards and AES uh, ended up um, taking out the award. And then the Christian Entrepreneurs Podcast too. The reason I'm sharing this is not to say you need to have three podcasts. Please don't um, model that. I just love this space. I am an introvert through and through. In fact, I realize that I'm more of an introvert than I realize I am. And so when I push my peopling, this is what happens. My voice, you know, I lose my voice and I end up my adrenal gland. I just need to rest. And so this allows me to learn because I am able to, you know, engage with incredible guests who share their knowledge. So I'm able to learn. I'm able to share that message through my podcast and I'm able to network in the way that I love networking. I love to find out more about people. So podcasting for me that way allows me to build those deeper connections. But why I also share this is you just never know where your voice ends up. The Christian Entrepreneurs podcast was um, syndicated on a local radio station here in Western Australia. An Ambitious Entrepreneur podcast was syndicated on an international radio show in in Zimbabwe. And Women in Leadership podcast... um, many years ago well actually it was another one of my podcasts that I had um, coaches connection podcast was syndicated and included in a coaching magazine so you can get in front of your ideal clients you just don't know where your voice ends up and who it impacts podcasting is incredible space and ambitious entrepreneur show, show is often mentioned in the top shows and 15 best entrepreneur podcasts to boost business growth is just one of them over the last little while, you just never know where your voice ends up. And I'm sharing that because I know some of you have reached out and have said, I'm not really sure if anyone wants to listen to my story, wants to really listen, who will listen? And I know there's a lot of imposter syndrome and a lot of comparison syndrome going on for us as well. And this is something that I'm sharing too. The Australian Women podcast number one, Business Women Australia was listed. And Business Women Australia is a podcast that I host and I produce for Business Women Australia across Australia. And their podcast strategy is when they have a premium member, we'll interview them and we'll share that across the platform. And if they don't have a premium member, we don't interview. And I share that because there are no rules to podcasting other than the rules you set yourself. And the rules will depend on the outcome that you want, where you're at in your business, your time, commitment, all of those different things. So what's right for someone may not necessarily be right for you and your business model. So there are no number one rules. There are things that you can put into place, absolutely. But I'm just sharing that so that, you know, if you're wanting to learn the number one secret, I can share you all of the things that it worked for me, um, but, you know, my, my strategy, but you need to think of those things that fits in with you too, your story, your journey, who are my ideal clients, where am I using this in the customer journey? All of those things need to be um, considered. So the things that you want to start thinking about is am I ready to start a podcast yet or do I need to focus on some things first? So here are three indicators that maybe you need to just hold off 
and start to work on this first. Firstly, your message isn't cutting through the noise. So if I hear someone that says to me, well, Anne-Marie, I've heard podcasting is a great way to amplify my message. And so that's why I'm starting a podcast. And I hear, well, what are you doing with your current marketing? Well, I'm doing this, this, and this, but it's just not landing. It's just not cutting through the noise. That rings alarm bells for me because if your message isn't cutting through the noise already in how you're sharing your message and you launch a podcast with the same message, you're just going to amplify the message that's not already working to many more people. So you're going to have an even greater, more a bigger audience, I should say, with more people who are unsure about what you do. So focus on your message first. You'll hear that time and time again. Number two, you're not sure on your niche. And I'm sure you've heard that over and over. You know, um, the riches are in the niches. We call them niche here. Um, But you need to know where are you putting your your flag in the sand to say, this is the space that I want to own. This is where I want to start to speak into. This is where I want to really position myself as that influential trusted authority. If you're not sure on the topic and in the marketplace, the small demographic of marketplace that you want to, to really focus on, then they're not going to be sure about it either. So get some clarity around that first. I'm just working with someone at the moment has finally found where she really wants to uh, start to bring the voice. And so one of the things that we do is we're working on her message offering uh, and offering at the moment is to start sharing some of that across social and it exploded. And so people were commenting and saying, yeah, that is so true. And um, when a conversation happens like that, you know, you're in the right place and your message is really um, landing well. And so that's why for her, it was a great indication. Yep. This is where I'm supposed to really be and support clients. And number three, you're not sure on the end in mind. The end in mind is very much thinking about your business, your business model, who you support, the programs that you offer, and where best you need to focus your attention when you think about the customer journey. Give you an example. I was speaking to a company over in the UK, and they said to me, look, if we were to use to incorporate a podcast in the marketing that we're doing, we don't necessarily need to get a lot of new business because we only take on four new clients every single year. And we know that with those four clients, if we do a really good job in the first 12 months, that that client will continue to be a high level client for many years to come, being multiple six figure you know, um, business contracts to them each client. So for them, if they looked at the customer journey, it was not really to bring new leads in, but rather to incorporate a podcast that would have been best suited to really nurture the relationship with those existing customers who were onboarded in that 12 months to really sew into them so that at the end of that 12 months, that podcast Um, was so strongly leveraged in the work that they were doing that it was an easy yes for those four clients to go, we want to become long-term clients. So that would have best suited for them. Others of you would would like to have a podcast that creates more of an engagement with new leads rather than your existing customer base. Some of you may do both. You might have a podcast that is very much um, out in the open where you're really nurturing those listeners into leads from a cold. They're they're not necessarily knowing you yet, yet they're searching. 
And then you may also incorporate a, a podcast that is just for members only, just for clients. So you keep that content private. So you see, it depends. What's your end in mind? Where best can you focus the podcast strategy to really nurture those listeners into leads? And only you will know that once you incorporate and you have a look at your, your business structure and where you want to go. Let's have a look at these four podcast pasting mistruths. Your microphone and technology will make the difference in having a successful podcast. Get the best microphone and your podcast will be a success. Not so, because as I always say, message before microphone, because you cannot edit and mix compelling content that converts, that nurtures, that uh, nurtures your ideal client along that customer journey, building know, like, and trust from fluff and banter, even if it was recorded on the most expensive microphone. And you may have heard me say that over and over again, and it is so true reminding you that it's so important to have that message land because you can use a microphone for years I used a Logitech microphone um, and so while I'm not saying that the audio if it's too distracting then people aren't going to listen but if you've got just a microphone that that captures you know without any distractions in the background you can do that on a Logitech headset I did that for years you don't necessarily need to spend hundreds or thousands of dollars. The message is way more important than microphone. The second podcasting mistruth where they say your podcast will be a success, just publish it and clients will come. And as I mentioned earlier with Career Success Radio, that's exactly what we assume too. We got lots of great feedback from our podcast. Love your content, love that, you know, love listening to you. Um, but that wasn't generating any business. And so I hear that time and time again, we've launched our podcast, we continue to put a lot of money into it, yet we haven't really seen any returns. What are we missing? And it could be a number of things that I share today and obviously ongoing in the next nine days that we're going to spend together. So keep an eye out and an ear out to listen and watch to see, hey, maybe I need to really focus on this first before I launch that podcast the third podcasting mistruth is this one. How do I get on you and Noteworthy, Anne-Marie? Because I know that when that happens, my podcast is going to be a success. And to that I say, wrong, vanity numbers are misleading. Sure, it's wonderful to get, you know, to get listed. But I've heard time and time again of colleagues who've had lots of podcasts or have had podcasts with lots of downloads that have actually had to walk away because it, it they didn't realize that it would be a real big success, but it wasn't really focused on their business model. It didn't focus on the customer journey so that because it was two businesses that came together, they were talking about a particular topic that wasn't really focused on each other's business. Each business had a completely different focus altogether. So again, you think of your podcast as a as a vehicle, as a, it's a brand communication tool, just one of the tools where you're building that relationship. And, you know, if the step between getting off your podcast and onto your list and as you're nurturing them, there's a disconnection there, people are just not going to make that step. Even if you do do a call to action, it's going to feel a bit off actually, because, you know, the content that you're sharing the expertise that you're sharing is quite different from your business and what you're offering. And, you know, I would say focus on building reputation equity so that you're seen as a trusted authority, an influential trusted authority. And I'm going to share with you my podcasting positioning quadrant shortly. 
are you a trusted authority and are you working your way up to that with the foundations you're putting into place so I would much rather you have a smaller number of downloads but those downloads are your ideal clients they're engaging with your content when you're sharing a call to action which you do regularly um, it's done in a, in a way that it really is um, an expression of hey if this is something you're struggling with I've got something that will help you. And they then take that next step. You'll generate so many results, far more results than just having, you know, millions of downloads of people who are not really your ideal client and would never move forward. And the last mistruth is, hey, just press record, start talking. We've got some good questions to ask. And we're going to assume that these questions that we're asked are really going to create the content that is going to nurture that listener along the buyer's journey, along the customer journey. And if you compare your podcast to mainstream radio, where it's kind of like a chat show, it's not really the right approach if you're looking to build thought leadership and ultimately your business. And compelling conversations to what I call endless chatter um, to enhance that listener experience, that compelling conversation. There are certain things, uh, language that you use, certain keywords, key phrases, those sorts of things you need to be really mindful of so that your podcast becomes a must listen to. And for you too, as the podcast host, there are reasons why people will listen to your podcast versus many other hundreds and hundreds of thousands of podcasts who are in your space because of you. All right, let's go briefly through these podcasting mistakes. And then I want to switch to the message because as I mentioned, message before microphone. And that's what we're going to talk about a little bit further today. But I'm sharing all of these mistakes and mistruths because some of you are also listening who've got a podcast and who are asking, why is my podcast not generating the results that I wanted? And it's probably because one or more of these things that we're talking about today um, isn't in place. And so then we're going to go through and start to share and talk about what you need to focus on just to tweak slightly, or maybe for some of you who are starting from scratch, you'll know exactly the blueprint that you want to follow. Now, each of these seven things are important individually, but together, so collectively, they're crucial. So if you miss the mark in one or more, it's going to impact everything. For instance, Number one mistake is having an unclear or incorrect strategy for you when you look at your message and you look at your monetization strategy for your needs, your business model and stage of business growth. That's really important. And so then you'll see that the next one, not having a lucrative niche, builds on that. If your strategy is incorrect, all of these other things are not going to matter. So you have to have that right strategy first. No lucrative niche. Do you know who your ideal client is? Do you know what keeps him or her up at night? Do you know the key phrases? And one of the things that I shared in a video, and I'm often saying to clients, if you're sharing the same message that you shared two years ago, your message needs to evolve. Because I'm sure that what's happened over the last two years has had your ideal client rethink what they're doing probably brought up more challenges, more pressing challenges and problems that they need to deal with before they deal with, say, the bigger picture that you handled. So your message needs to change as well. Far more competition now as well uh, online because so many coaches and consultants are now um, 
going online. Your clients are more often online now too, which is a good thing, but you've got more noise. So you have to be even clearer with your message. Very important. That leads to to, um, mistake number three, being unclear. If you were to ask, be asked, where do you want to position yourself? What is your trusted authority in or where do you want to build your reputation as that trusted authority in? If you can't define that, and define it with a a message that really underpins that, then that's what you want to focus on so that you're really clear on that. And you can say it at the, you know, just if someone were were to ask you, so what do you do? You're able to speak that and your ideal client, if they were an earshot, would prick up their ears and say, hey, I think I need to listen to this person. Number four, broad range of topics and or guests. I did this too. By the way, I've done all of these mistakes over and over again, which is why I know that uh, it's, it's, it's a mistake. I love learning lots of new things, but my topics and or guests weren't really positioned in a way that was to a specific niche audience. And you don't want to be in that position either. Off-brand podcast creators, what are podcast creators? The graphics, the cover art, the music, the tempo. You as, um, you know, if you're doing your your introduction or you might have a voiceover professional that does that for you, are they on brand? Do you know the experience that you want to create on your podcast? And are all of these podcast creatives building on that? Or are they a bit of a distraction? So these are things that are all very important. If people were to listen to your future, uh, or if you've got a podcast already, your existing music, uh, do they come up with um, the experience or how it may would make them feel? That is intentionally what you wanted to do. I mean, I very much intentionally with any of my music for my podcast, it has to have a certain beat. It has to, it has to really, you know, set the stage. It has to be fun, dynamic, all of those different things. And I've even seen podcast guests who didn't realize that I could see them were really you know, moving in their seat and clicking their hands and clapping their hands. And when I told them later, they were a little bit embarrassed, but I said, no, no, don't be embarrassed at all. But it creates that level of energy that I really want on my podcast with my guests. So everything is intentional. Number six, uninspiring show or episode introductions. You know, those hosts that take forever and ever and ever to get to the point and you're thinking, what benefit? What am I going to learn from this? Um, if you're not if you're not sure and you don't tell them right at the beginning what they're going to learn, it's going to be very difficult for you to capture their attention. And I know for many of you, coaches and consultants, your ideal clients are busy, aren't they? And they might want to just come in, they might want to learn something. And as they're listening to you, you are continuing to build that know, like, and trust. But if you take forever to get to a topic, they may very well have gotten impatient and clicked off. So you want to make sure you capture them right at the beginning, contain, you know, continue that conversation in a compelling way that they cannot wait to continue to listen. And you're the first podcast that they want to listen to when you're, you know, you've released a new show because they know that they're going to get value from the 20 or 30 minutes For some of you, you might have a longer podcast as well. So that's important. And the last one is ineffective calls to action. We're going to talk a bit about what's the best call to action coming up in uh, uh, another workshop. But, you know, typically we have, you know, subscribe to my podcast, share it, 
with uh, someone who may be find it of benefit, um, leave a rating, you know, subscribe, all of those different things. Whilst they're not bad, but there's more effective ways to get that person who may be a first time listener off that podcast and onto your list so that you can continue to build know, like, and trust off the list and in your community or because you're consistently inviting them to do so after a little while they go you know what I'm going to do it they've consistently provided real value I can see that they're a real authority in their industry I'm going to take that next step you're consistently adding value so these are the the, the seven mistakes you may recognize one or more. And if you're only just in the beginning stages of your podcast, uh, planning and seeing if this is the right uh, move for you in your business and the right strategy, you'll have these in place so that you can tick these off to ensure that you do have all of these uh, before you launch your podcast. So unclear or incorrect strategy, you do not want to cut come to a position where I interviewed someone once and they said look we just started a podcast and we said we'll figure out as we go along and uh, they got up to over 100 podcasts so let's start out right and focusing on the right thing so that you don't have to get to your 100 plus episodes before you finally figure out a way in which to have the right strategy for your podcast so this is the podcast positioning quadrant And you'll notice that there's four quadrants there. There's uh, an arrow going up the left-hand side, which is audience. So that is your audience, your ideal clients. And on the bottom is authority. And that is your reputation. Are you seen as that trusted authority? And we're going to go through very briefly what each of these means and what needs to be in place or maybe not in place that would have you fall or being ranked in that particular quadrant. So if we have a look at entertainer, this is where there's low audience and low authority. And I'm not saying that one of these is bad. You might just very well want to start a podcast uh, to be a bit of an entertainer. There's no real um, audience that you're creating of like-minded people. They're just people that want to come and listen and then leave. Uh, because, you know, often on the show, there's a bit of entertainment there, but there's no real expertise. It's more entertainment. It's not educational. It's not empowering, but rather just pure entertainment. So, and you're not not necessarily seen at all as an expert or a trusted authority. That's more the entertainer. Now, if you look at celebrity, whilst the authority is quite low, you would not hire or invest money in a celebrity Uh, quadrant here for someone to do your bookkeeping or uh, represent you in a court of law or for health and wellness, um, whatever area of expertise that you're looking to invest in. However, you do particularly listen to them or someone that has a celebrity status because there's something about their personality, their charisma that is quite compelling. And so they have an audience who are able to, if you, you, you were to do a bit of an audit on them, that there are regular listeners or they have a similar core values. They just love the style. Maybe the style of the celebrity is quite controversial or the other way, the opposite way too, is it's, it's something that the celebrity, the, the charisma that's created, the listener experience that draws, that attracts, that compels a certain type of audience to listen. But again, you wouldn't hire them. 
because um, they're not really seen as an expert in anything or even a trusted authority in anything either. And celebrity, this is where you probably would be able to monetize your podcast with advertisers or sponsors because there are a certain demographic that you could say, well, these people kind of like this. But again, if you're a coach or consultant, you're an expert, you're a specialist who is looking to leverage your podcast as a way to nurture listeners into leads and generate clients into your coaching programs and your consulting programs, then you don't want to be seen as that celebrity. You actually want to be seen as that trusted authority. So let's have a look at the third quadrant, which is expert. Now, this is where you may be sharing an episode on a particular topic, or you may invite a guest on your podcast to share a particular topic that someone is looking to learn more about. So you've done all of the right things to put together a podcast episode that gets found and you know you, that particular person, you or your guest is seen as that expert, provides some really great value. However, the audience may not necessarily know, like and trust you yet, but be there just to listen. And that's the difference between um, being able to position yourself as an expert, but if you've got the right customer, um, the, the journey considered, you know exactly if you get someone on your podcast and you provide real great value, the next step, the next best step that they're taking is this and you invite them at the end of, you know, with your call to action, which we're going to talk about in another workshop in the, um, in the coming days, they will most likely take that step. Um, and so there's things that you can create too, because I often say people come for the topic, but they'll return for the host you, even if you are interviewing a guest. And the reason is that the way you're interviewing them, you're interviewing them with purpose, you're interviewing them with intention, the way that you hold the stage, so to speak, the way that you not overbear the guests, but the way that you come in with different questions, you add even more value to the conversation, you're able to move the conversation quickly, and add your spin on it as well without overpowering, as I mentioned, your guest. That's when people go, I love the way that that host managed the call, love their you know, you might have a sense of humor or for some of you, it might be more dry sense of humor, whatever that works for you, your, your inner brilliance really shines through. And that is why people will come back to listen to your podcast. And that's what often will happen. They'll listen to an episode and they'll say, oh, I like that. What else is this host? Oh, I like, I'm interested in that topic. So they'll listen to that podcast episode. And then before long, they've subscribed and they've most likely listened, binge listened to all of your episodes. That's what I hear time and time again. People come for the topic, but they return for the host, you, so that you become not just a choice, but the choice when, uh, you know, when it comes to your podcast and then eventually the service offerings that you have too because your podcast is a way that you've been able to journey alongside your, um, your ideal client. So becoming that trusted authority starts with you. It starts with you. So I want to now turn into or turn our attention into the you, your personal brand. And your brand is your reputation. It's what people think about you. It's what people say about you when you're not in the room. You know, if you were to 
ask 10 different people who've had an experience of you and who may have um, seen what you're sharing online, whether you're being interviewed on podcasts, whether you're doing lives, however you're communicating your brand now, if they were to be asked, let's say between three to five words on how you would describe that person. Now, if those 10 people were to say similar words to describe you, then you're on brand. But often I find that as coaches and consultants, they're not really sure about, well, what is my brand? Who am I? And when you identify who you are, and you bring your own story and your journey into the content that you share, into your podcast, into your offerings, your programs, your systems, your methodologies, your IP. No one can challenge you. No one can say, you, don't, you didn't do this. How can you stand and speak in that particular area? The reason why is because it's you. You've done that. Um, so no one can challenge you about anything. Imposter syndrome just does not even um, does not even come into the picture because it is you. It's who you are. It's where you've been, and now you're sharing your expertise to your ideal client because you've been there. You've walked through that before they have, and now you've got a way through for them. So let's have a look at some of the myths and mistakes when it comes to personal branding, your message and your brand. And that's, this is that they think it's a fad or it's unimportant. And thankfully, uh, I don't hear this very often. We're realizing now, which is great, that people realize, coaches realize, I have to think about, well, what is my brand? How am I going to stand out from all of the other people doing the same things that I'm in, you know, doing in my business. Um, but some people, what they'll do is they may borrow from others. They may see people doing a certain thing that works really well. And because of that uncertainty and that lack of clarity for themselves, they may borrow that. And that's not good. So hopefully you don't think it's unimportant or just a fad. They confuse personal branding with a corporate brand or a corporate brand. Now you may have a corporate brand for your business you bring your personal brand into that. Now, your personal brand can have similar core values to your corporate brand. But remember, for those of you who are looking to build a profitable and scalable business, you will also be bringing team in to support your business. So you'll need to understand and have clarified, what is my corporate brand? What do we stand for? What's our mission, our purpose, and our vision? And so the people that you attract to your business may have their own personal brand and their own personal flavor, but they add value to your corporate brand, your coaching practice, your consulting practice, because there's similarities and they stand for what you stand for as well. But you bring as a CEO of your business or the founder of your business, a unique, distinct personal brand, um, you know, which is a blend of things um, from, you know, who you are, your mannerisms. I talk about, and I, I think I do talk about the distinction triad in one of the upcoming work workshops where, you know, we talk about some key things that need to be in place that you need to be clear on and then bring forward, bring to life, express through podcasts, through all of the other things that you do too. But don't confuse your corporate brand, your, your coach brand, your coaching practice brand to your personal brand. Sure, they may align when you're probably doing many of the things yourself, but then when you bring and invite other team members in, they'll bring their own brands to your corporate brands. It'll add value. So that's important too to be aware of trying to be all things to all people. I don't know about some of you, but 
some of us adapt really well to different situations. We're able to read people. We're able to be empathetic. We're able to um, influence, you know, in the way in which we relate to people because we're able to adapt. But there comes a time, and I've done this for, you know, several years ago, that I thought, who am I actually? What, what do I stand for? What do I really, what's important to me? to get clear on that so that you can have clear boundaries in place. But when it comes to your message, having clear themes and topics that you talk about and that you'll consistently bring to life in what you're sharing. So if you try to be all things to all people, you will water down your message. You will water down your brand. It's like, who is she today? Is she this or is she this? Or how is she going to show up today? Um, is she going to show up this way or that way? Get clear on what you want to stand for and how you want to stand for, which is often the authentic expression of who you are. So you do not have to put on any mask. You just show up as you. I tell you what, it's far more energizing, just showing up as you, doing you in the best way that you know how to do you um, and not having to wear a mask because that allows your energy to be up. So don't try and be all things to all people. Get clear on what that is for you and then give yourself permission to do that every single day. Here's another one. Thinking in order to stand out, you have to be controversial. You absolutely do not. And I've got a little diagram there of uh, some archetypes. I love my branding with archetype system, which I am licensed uh, to bring to my clients. And one of the archetypes is maverick. And as you would know, with the Maverick, they are challenging the status quo. They may drop a few words here and there, or sometimes not. The Maverick can also be um, controversial or kind of helping, you know, as a coach, helping a client have a breakthrough because that Maverick will be there right there holding space. You know what it's like as a coach. You hold space for your client to step into to have that aha. And how you do that is very different. The Maverick will kind of push a little bit more some mavericks might be really um, vocal and drop a few you know colorful words around the place but you might have seen some people do a certain style and then you think well I need to be a coach like that no you just need to identify what and who you are and then the be the best version of you every single day so don't think controversial you know controversy is something that you need to do, especially if you're a, an alchemist archetype or an artist um, or a romantic archetype. It's a completely different flavor, completely different experience. You've just got to identify what that is for you and do that intentionally and consistently and constantly um, because that builds a personal brand and that reputation equity. It's consistent or clarity, consistency, over time it builds over time when you're consistent in your message here's something else that we often try and do uh, is we try and emulate what other successful people are doing and it's only natural right isn't it their style and what they're doing think oh that works for them I might try and adopt that a little bit into what, what I'm doing um, yet what's what makes successful for you it may be something that and often is something that you have not even recognized that you do because it's so unique and it's so authentic to you um, that you don't recognize that that's something that really is your inner brilliance you listen to what other people tell you what you should 
should be. This is a huge mistake. I've been a personal brand strategist, even in the career industry. I would never tell someone you need to be this or this. This is what you need to say. And this is what you know. We'll bring that out of people. We'll look at the various assessments that we use, the branding with archetypes. We look at certain keywords and things that really fit well for that client. And then we'll blend all of those things together. And it tells a story And as that story starts to evolve, as it starts to be written, you know, you uh, would be reading that and thinking, this is me, this is me. It's actually putting words down to something that I've been struggling to express. That is what is really allows the personal brain to start from the inside and come out. Um, And having other people tell you things will only confuse you because you get to the stage to say, well, actually, it doesn't really fit with who I am, but they've told me this is what it's going to be like to be successful. So I'm going to have to try and put on that mask. But as a coach and a consultant who, you know, often is working with a client because you're bringing your story and what you've done and, you know, this, the, the methodologies that you've used for them to be able to experience the same levels of success because that's what they're wanting to achieve. You can't do that, you know, with a mask on and in a way that you, you're being told that you have to do it. You have to bring it out in your style But it's that clarity around what is that style for me? And that's one of the areas that I love to support clients with when it comes to personal branding. And you focus, this is another one, focus on external brand components, your logos and images and graphics and things. Those are all very important, but they express the words, the experience of your personal brand. So if you're not clear on what that is yourself, how are you able then to tell your graphic designer, your photographer, your, you know, the people that are doing your external brand, how are you able to tell them what they need to get to and what, you know, what, what you're looking for. And often I hear from a lot of my clients and uh, colleagues, um, who are web designers and graphic designers, it's almost like we have to take out our crystal ball to try and find out what that is for our clients because they're not sure on their brand, their personal brand. Um, How can we get sure on that? So this is really important. You've got to understand what that expression is before you even then start to design your logo and all of the creative elements. All right, let's talk about the definition of distinguishable, uncopyable, and irresistible. Having a look what the time is. All right, personal branding defined, as I mentioned earlier, it's your reputation. It's what people think and say about you. And by the way, your personal brand, you can enhance that. You, you, because there's often been a debate, well, you can't, you can't, um, impact what people think and say about you. Well, actually, I, I, I would, I would challenge you on that. You can by how you show up. It's the intentional things that you do. You can contribute to that. Yeah, obviously there are people out there that may not be your ideal clients and you're not going to worry about what they think or say about you, but you can impact the people that you want to work with. Absolutely. By how you show up consistently and constantly. Um, your message, your brand, your offerings, This is distinguishable in that it is unique. It is set apart from your competitors. That is what distinguishable means. It's very much unique and set apart from your customers. Uncopyable when it comes to your message, your brand and offerings. It's that it cannot be copied by your competitors because it's not their unique story and it's not your journey. Now, you would have heard me share my journey about women in leadership podcast. 
about career success radio, about you know, all of those different elements are my unique story to how I got into podcasting and the mistakes that I made. Women in Leadership podcast led me to think, oh, what could I do with that? Two clients that came to me for a podcast that I started to deal with my, you know, started because I was dealing with grief and loss. No one else can copy that. They may be able to copy that, but I can stand with full integrity and say, this is my story. You've, you've copied me. Um, and so, you know, there's aspects of your journey and your story that when you identify what they are, and we're going to be talking about that in an upcoming workshop, your markers and milestones. You have key markers and milestones that's going to attract the attention of your ideal client. No one else can copy it. And it's just one of the reasons that you're blending together with your personal brand and on your podcast that people will, your ideal client will gravitate towards your, your content, you, your podcast. And then irresistible when it comes to your message, your brand and offerings is because it's totally aligned with what your ideal customer is experiencing, they're looking for, and then they cannot help but take notice of. Remember I said to you, um, one of the mistakes, your lucrative niche for the seven podcast mistakes. When you understand who your ideal client is and you weave these certain things into your podcast episodes, then they can't help but take notice because you're speaking to them. It's as if you know them, you're reading their minds, but it's not that you're reading their minds. You just know what's going on for them because you've done your research and you know exactly what that is for them. So how do you go from invisible to influential trusted authority with these things in place, the distinction model and you'll see there's the words, I'm not going to go into it today because tomorrow and the other subsequent days, we're going to start to unpack together what this distinction model will be for you, which is very much on your brand, very much on your message, very much on your offerings, so that when you layer a robust podcast strategy on top of that, you are going to be able to start nurturing listeners into leads from your very first episode. This is the distinction model. So all of those things intertwined when you get them right for you, clarified for you, intentional for you, will allow you to be uncopyable. And that's what we're going to be diving into. All righty, and filling in those different areas. So let's recap day one. How to go from a visible underpaid coach and consultant to highly paid sought after trusted authority through leveraging a podcast. We are starting to fill in those gaps. We talked about three indicators that you're not quite ready to launch a podcast yet. We talked about four podcasting myths, truths. We talked about seven podcasting mistakes. Then we talked about seven common personal branding myths and mistakes. We talked about the definition of distinguishable, uncopyable and irresistible. I shared with you the podcast positioning quadrant, a trusted authority, high audience, high authority. Um, and I also just shared with you uh, before the distinction model from invisible to influential trusted authority. Phew, it's been a, a huge day. So hopefully you've taken lots of notes in your take action guide. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about how to, to transform your expertise from a want 
into a need and from an overwhelming number of choices to becoming the only choice while having a binge-worthy podcast that positions you as that trusted authority that your ideal client wants to work with and invest in. This podcast is brought to you by TheInfluenceAlliance.com. Want to influence real change with your message by becoming known as a trusted authority in your industry while building a sustainable and scalable business you love? Find out how by accessing our free podcast series at www.theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. That's theinfluencealliance.com forward slash podcast series. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.